It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS, Twitter, Instagram. Twitter.tv slash AJ Nicoletti. Big show on this Tuesday. We're going to tier the NFL contenders. We'll break them down, NFC and AFC, but we will tier the NFL contenders in the kickoff. So that is the big... Uh, Opener to the show. Then we will have our NFL Week 10 recap, College Football Week 11 recap, weekend soccer recap, some college basketball, early season, Stripe Locks, and pick six at the end of the program. Just off the top here, it's the 400th pot, which is pretty cool. So um, thanks to anybody who listens, of course. Uh, I haven't done that in a while, but um, yeah, anybody listening, giving the show a chance. If you like it, I really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, being out there part of uh the uh the listenership so really appreciate that show 400 pretty cool pretty cool um so we will tier the nfl contenders in kickoff nfl week 10 college football week 11 weekend soccer recap college basketball star blocks and pick six at the end of the program all right um let's start kickoff nfl tiers in the nfc I think it's Philly and San Francisco. And you're going to say, well, how how are they on the same tier? San Francisco had a lot of injuries that contributed to their three-game losing streak. And they also played Cleveland and Cincinnati, who are pretty solid football teams. Okay, The Minnesota loss, that was not a good loss. Was 100% bad loss, for sure. Um, Eagles, one loss is not a great loss to the Jets. A lot of turnovers in that game. Sloppy game for them. Um Impressive wins over the Dolphins, impressive win over the Cowboys, uh, even if it was a close game. So Philly and San Francisco, Tier 1 of the NFC. Dallas is in Tier 2 by themselves, 6-3, and three, lost a bad loss to Arizona. But the Niner game and Philly on the road, I would have told you, are two games they're going to lose. So obviously best case is you win those games, but I thought they would be 7-2 and two here. They're six and three. The loss to Arizona is a bad loss. Maybe it got you know it, it makes them a better team. I don't know. But Dallas is in their own tier because the Dallas defense is really really good. Detroit would be with Dallas, but their defense is not good. Even though they have some players, I like Anzalone, I like Hutchinson. They got some players on the back end. Um, the Garner Johnson injury was bad, so that sucks for them. But Detroit seven and two, Seattle and Baltimore. Their two losses. The Seattle loss they shouldn't. They should be. 8-1, to be honest. And Baltimore, they just, everything went wrong for them. Classic Ravens win where everything goes right for them in the first half and they blow out a team. So uh, Detroit is in the third tier along with Seattle. Seattle 6-3, and three, losses in week one to the Rams. They lost to Cincinnati, lost to Baltimore. Those other two losses are nothing to be ashamed of except the Baltimore one, they got their doors blown off. They didn't play well, um, similar to what Detroit, uh, what happened to Detroit with Baltimore. Just a uh, butt-kicking, to be fair. So, uh, the NFC, Philly and San Francisco are on the first tier. Dallas is in their own in the second tier. And then Detroit, Seattle. I'm not talking about Minnesota, okay? I'm not talking about the NFC South yet. Like, it's a three-team race, and it's going to go down to the last week of the season, I'm pretty sure, okay, in the um, in the NFC South there. I'm not talking about the Vikings here. 
I'm not. I don't care. Okay, I do. I do not care. I'm not doing the Vikings. So, Philly eight and one. I would say their secondary is the weakness, the back end of that defense because the front seven is very talented, as we know. They have a million pass rushers, and offensively, they keep the ball because they go for it a million times, and um, they have pretty good specialists as well. So, Philly's a very, very complete team. You know, I don't like the coach, but he's okay. The Niners went healthy. Like, honestly, if Purdy, if the injury doesn't happen to Purdy, I really think the Niners beat the Eagles last year. I know the Eagles were a great team and all that, and they had the, I really thought that Niners team was out, playing outstanding complimentary football. So, Philly and the Niners, first tier. Dallas, second tier. Detroit, Seattle, third tier. That's pretty simple in the NFC. Now, the AFC, there's a lot of teams here to sort out. Uh, Kansas City by itself on top, 7-2. Um just the loss to Denver is a bad one. The loss to Detroit opening night, I'm not going to kill them over. Okay, Detroit was really, really fired up to play that game. National television opened the season. Um, now, the loss to Denver, that's a bad loss by Kansas City. But other than that, they put it together. Their defense has been really, really good. Uh, so, KC, class of themselves. Miami, Baltimore, Cincinnati in this second class. Now, Miami, 6-3. and three, Their losses are to Buffalo, Philly, and Kansas City. I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of. Now, Buffalo doesn't look great. Five and five, we'll get to them in a little bit. But in division road game, I don't necessarily think that's like an automatic win. It just, it really isn't, especially in this league of parity. So Dolphins are legit. I mean, offensively, they're outstanding. Defensively, I think they have enough. Baltimore, seven and three. Losses are to Indy, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Their schedule gets hard the second half here. Uh, I think this Baltimore team got fat on some really bad teams. Now, they dusted Seattle and Detroit, so I'm not saying them, but some of their other wins. Um, but they're still in the second tier. Cincinnati's 5-4 and four losses are to Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, Houston. Besides Tennessee, those losses are nothing to be ashamed of, in my opinion. Houston's a, a solid team that we didn't think was going to be solid. So, um, And Cincinnati, for me, a team that's going to get hot at the right time. I thought it was starting. I guess it's going to be delayed a little bit even more after this week um, with the loss to Houston. But I'll put Cincinnati in Tier 3 along with Miami and Baltimore. Or Tier 2, sorry. Tier 3, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Okay. Cleveland is 6-3. and three, Lost to Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Seattle. Cleveland, I don't think, has played with a healthy 53 all season. Um... I really don't believe that much in the offense just because of the injuries they've had. And Watson just, it doesn't seem, Watson's in and out, and then he's out for a little bit, then he's in, and then he's like, oh, here come the Browns, and then he gets hurt again. So if Cleveland can get even a little bit healthy, I'd be interested to see where they go. But right now I have them in Tier 3 with Jacksonville, who has uh, three losses well, six and three, Kansas City, Houston, San Francisco. Three losses not to uh, be ashamed of either, but again, how they played in those games. The Kansas City game, they did not play well. The San Francisco game, they did not play well. Houston game, they gave away. So um, Jacksonville certainly has some capability. Now the last tier, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Houston. Houston, I'm giving some credit here because they never should be in a tier conversation about contenders this year, year one, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, all that. Give them credit. Five and four. Baltimore, Indy, Atlanta, Carolina, the losses. Think about those losses, okay? 
Baltimore five. Indy, Atlanta, Carolina. We could be talking about an eight and one team here, but we're not. So Houston, Pittsburgh losses to San Francisco, Houston, and Jacksonville. Three losses that they shouldn't be ashamed of. Okay, and I don't think Pittsburgh is necessarily that good, but they're playing winning football. Even though if it's ugly football, it's winning football. Now Buffalo, five and five. Jets, Jags, Patriots, Bengals, Broncos all beat them. Now the Bills are in trouble um, because their schedule gets even harder. Like opening night to the Jets with the Rodgers injury, you can't lose that game. Um, Jacksonville, okay. New England, you can't lose that game. Cincinnati, the big rematch, okay, fine. But you can't lose to Denver at home on a Monday night. That's a really bad job. So Buffalo, who... I almost didn't put on this list. I just put them there so if next time they're gone, I could say, like, I had them in my last tier in the AFC. It's not like I had them. I'm still thinking, the AFC is Kansas City, Cincinnati, and uh, Buffalo. No, it's not in anymore. It's not in anymore. Uh, Kansas City for sure. Um, Cincinnati maybe, but Miami and Baltimore are in that conversation. Cleveland's getting in that conversation. Jacksonville's getting in that conversation. And Buffalo has seemed almost to leave it. Um just a really, really bad job by the Bills to continue this season that didn't start well. I mean, 5-5 five and five at Week 10, like that is not where you want to be if you think you're a contender, that's for sure. So, now if you said, all right, put them all together, I would say Philly and KC are on top, and then you have San Francisco. I don't know if you put Miami. I don't see... I don't want to put it all together. Let me keep it as conferences, okay? It makes it a little more complicated when it's it's all the teams together. So I'll keep it separated for now, at least. Um, but I don't think it's anything really surprising. Um, I still respect the Bengals. Their losses are tough. I, I think they'll get some wins here second half of the season. Um, it gets tougher for the Eagles coming up, that's for sure. So I think theirs and San Francisco's record could be a little more similar. Dallas's record could be a little more similar the next time they play Philly, so we'll see. Um, there's a there's I was Philly, San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, Seattle, four ish in the NFC, Kansas City, Miami, Baltimore, Cincinnati, proven ish, and then, like so. There's a lot of guys that are a lot of teams. Unproven here. Miami, unproven in a big spot. Baltimore hasn't been very successful in the postseason. Um, Cleveland, we haven't seen in a while. Jacksonville got a win, but then got a loss. Pittsburgh, we haven't seen in a while. Houston, we haven't seen in a while. Um, Detroit, could have been last year, now it's possibly this year. So there's a lot, there's some good football teams. There's not a lot of good football games. There might be some close games with the score, but it's not really being played well. Hopefully the good teams get better, um, and we'll see what happens. But that is the kickoff NFL tiers as of week 10. Three, two, one. All right, NFL week 10 recap. Kansas City and Miami on the bye after the Germany game. Rams and the Eagles also on the bye. Thursday night, Carolina, Chicago. Listen, guys, there were some one-possession games a lot of them this week, but that didn't mean they were all good football games. So that's certainly one of them here. Bears win at 16-13. Uh, Bears punt. Smith-Marset runs it back for the Panthers. They're up 7-0. Bears get on the board with a Santos field goal. Panthers answer with a Pinheiro field goal. So it's a seven-point lead again, 10-3 Panthers. 
Bears had a fourth and four. Badgett hit Scott to convert that set up another Santos field goal, so they're within four, ten to three. Bears get it back into field goal range. A third Santos field goal makes it a one-point game at half. Carolina 10-9. Bears take over in Carolina end in the second half. At least a Foreman touchdown. So Chicago in front 16-10. Fourth and six. Panthers stay alive thanks to a defensive holding. Leads to another Pinheiro field goal, so they're within three. Panthers get it back. Two fourth down conversions to stay alive. Fourth and one. A Bryce Young scramble for a first down. Then fourth and two. Young hit Miles Sanders to stay alive. They get into field goal range for the game's high field goal. Pinheiro just comes up short. Panthers have two timeouts. They call them on first and second down. Third and seven for the Bears. One twenty-six left. Here's the game. Badgett to Mooney to seal it. Completion. And the Bears... Get another win on Thursday night. They've got, what are they, 2-0 two, two on Thursday night? Yeah, 2-0 on Thursday night, Chicago Bears. They just need to play bad teams on Thursday night. Maybe they'll get some wins, all right? Panthers are bad. I told you that. Uh, not really breaking any news there. Uh, Sunday morning, Indianapolis and New England in Germany. Colts win it 10-6, another one-possession game. That was a bad football game. Uh, Pats went down the field, settled for a Ryland field goal. Minshew McKenzie, big play, sets up a Taylor touchdown, so Colts in front 7-3. Colts were on the move, end of the half, but can't any add any more points after game misses the field goal, so it's still 7-3 at the break. Minshew pass, tipped, and intercepted. Pats get it at midfield, but Ryland misses a field goal, so no points on that drive. Pats then take it from their own 6, get it to goal to goal, but they stall for a Ryland field goal. He makes this one, so they're within 1, 7-6. Colts answer with the gay field goal, so it was 10-6, then Pats driving. Mack, who has the guy in the back of the end zone, and Bill O'Brien lit into him earlier in the game, so I hope you guys saw that. Um, he makes a terrible throw. It's not the worst decision, but it's a terrible execution and terrible throw, and he gets picked off. So the Pats get it back. Bailey Zappi comes in the game for Mac Jones. No timeouts, 152 left. They actually get a little bit going on the drive, and then they do the fake spike play where he throws it into a crowd of three guys, and it gets picked off. So the zappy stuff, guys. Like, I get, you know, Patriot fans are upset about Mac Jones. Listen, um, this is what happens in this league, guys. You can't be good for 20 years and then expect to continue to be good. It just doesn't happen, okay? Uh, so you're going to have to live with some of this stuff, my Patriot fans out there. But I think Matt can still be a guy in this league. Is he the right guy for the Patriots right now? doesn't seem like it just because it is It's tough sledding right now for if you're a New England Patriot and a New England Patriot fan. Uh, the line play is not good defensively you're in games but then you give up a big play here and there when you need it to get off the field and the offense is just not good enough on so many levels and so many factors so Colts get a win internationally Patriots another loss back stateside Green Bay and Pittsburgh in the Berg Steelers win it 23-19 Steelers went down the field it ends in a Najee Harris touchdown Packers answer with a 10 play drive it ends in a Lobs and Dobbs touchdown connection so 7-7 Steelers then come right down the field. Warren punches it in this time for the Steelers. So two drives for the Steelers, two touchdowns uh, for their running backs. Next Steelers drive, they stall for a Basel field goal. So they're up 17-7. Uh, 
Packers love to read. Touchdown. Extra point gets blocked, so it's a four-point game. Packers then open up the second half with a Carlson field goal, so Pittsburgh lead cut to one, 17-16. Packers get it back. Stall. Take the lead on a Carlson field goal, so it's 19-17. Steelers an answer with a Boswell field goal to get back in front by one, 2019. Then Steelers added another Boswell field goal to make it 23-19. Love gets picked off. Packers get it back. Love picked off again. So Steelers finding ways to win football games. Not a very good football team. Not an impressive team in the slightest, but they play a lot of close games. Tomlin is such a great coach. He makes the big adjustment when he needs to, and they're doing enough to stay in these games and have Kenny make a play or have their defense make a play. And they have a winning record. I don't think a lot of people thought they would have a winning record. Give them some credit. So give Tomlin a bunch of credit. Steelers have a winning record. They beat the Packers at home 23-19. Saints, Vikings. Vikings win this one 27-19. Vikings opened up the scoring with a Joseph field goal. They got out in front big. Saints tied it with a groupie field goal, and that was it for the Saints for a while. Vikings down the field. It's a Chandler touchdown. Then the Vikings get it back. It's a Dobbs touchdown. Then the Vikings into the end zone again with a Dobbs to Hawkinson connection. All that makes it 24-3. to And then they get another Joseph field goal. So it's at one point 27-3 in this one. Saints on the ropes on the road. Carr then gets rocked. In comes Jameis Winston. He throws a touchdown pass to Olave. They get the two-point conversion. It's 27-11 Minnesota. Then Vikings move it. Joseph misses a field goal. Saints then on the move. Winston to Terry. There, there's no way anyone but Jameis throws this ball. And it's either a pick six going the other way or a touchdown. And no real in-between. It would never be an incomplete pass just because how it was. It just seemed like it. And it's a touchdown. Two-point play good, 27-19. Saints get it back. Jameis gets picked off. Saints get it back again. Jameis gets picked off. Saints get it back a third time. Hail Mary just falls short. So a valiant comeback effort from Jameis Winston and the Saints falls short to Joshua Dobbs and the Vikings, who the Vikings are not a good football team. Uh, I've been telling you that, but now they have a winning record, so I guess give them credit because I buried them early before I was even right, and now they could bury me if I'm wrong. Here we go. All right. Um, so Saints, a bad loss. That's a bad loss for the Saints. Houston and Cincinnati. This Listen, I thought the Cincinnati Bengals had turned the corner. I thought Houston would give them a game and, and have them, not the Bengals reeling. That's not what I mean by that, but I, I, I thought there would be a good game, and the Bengals would end up winning it and covering, and uh, hey, you know, Young Buck, Texans, maybe next year kind of a thing. It was the opposite. Houston took it to the Bengals despite the first drive. And then as the Bengals were coming back in the game, the Texans answered the bell. Texans win it 30-27 to in Cincinnati. Bengals go right down the field. Burrow to Irvin, touchdown, so they're up 7-0. Then Stroud fumbles. Nothing comes out of it. Texans get it back, and they get it tied on a Stroud to Dell touchdown. Then Stroud fumbles again. Nothing comes out of it. Texans get it back. Amendola field goal makes it 10-7. Half end shortly after. The second half of this game was crazy. First possession of the third quarter. Stroud to Woods touchdown, but he stepped out of back of the end zone, so it's an illegal touching. It leads to another Amendola field goal. So the Bengals get a break there. Uh, so it's 13-7. Texans get it back. DPI sets up a Singletary touchdown, so it's 20-7. Bengals answer only with the McPherson field goal, so they cut it to 10. They needed a touchdown there, to be fair. And then Burrow scrambles. Hell of a play by Burrow. Hell of a play by Chase, who was banged up coming into this one. Long touchdown connection. 
three-point lead for the Texans. Then Stroud runs one in, 10-point lead for the Texans. Burrow gets picked. Bengals get it back. Burrow gets picked again, but C.J. Stroud throws one right back. So it's goal to go for the Bengals. It almost kind of worked out, even though it was two interceptions. They still get a goal to go situation out of it thanks to their defense. And they're back within three after a Joe Mixon touchdown. So it's Houston 27-24. Bengals get it back after forcing a punt. Burrow to Boyd sets up a game-tying McPherson field goal, but then Stroud to Schultz, big play. Amendola for the win for the Texans, who's in place of the injured Kaimi Fairbairn, and he makes it. And the Texans win it in Cincinnati, 30-27. to Hell of a game. Hell of a win for D'Amico Ryans and company. C.J. Stroud, I understand um, a lot of people are getting very excited about C.J. Stroud, and they should. He's been excellent. I think he's obviously the rookie of the year. Now the people saying MVP, MVP. Okay, let's give it a couple more weeks and we'll see what happens with the MVP talk. But right now, if the season ended today, yeah, he gets some consideration. But guess what? The season doesn't end today. So I, I don't really understand it all. I, I, I get in a couple weeks we want to keep giving this guy credit. Fine. I'm, I'm all for that. He should win the rookie of the year unanimously, unanimously at this point, right? Um, point being, Let's just let the kid develop. Like, why do we got? He's a top ten quarterback right now. Forget a rookie. He's gonna win the MVP. Let, can we just let the guy play ball? Like, here we go again. Here we go again with another young quarterback. So, I don't know. For me, I think he's doing a hell of a job. I think he should be in the MVP conversation. I think he is moving up the the list of quarterbacks in this league for sure. All those things can be true, and we don't have to keep going crazy about it like all those things can be true we can talk about those things but do I have to see every show CJ Stroud is the MVP CJ Stroud listen he's been great and I'm not trying to knock him I'm more knocking the coverage about it so listen guy played really really well and his team has a winning record after having the second and third picks in the draft <laughs> okay um and a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback so give those guys a bunch of credit Houston Cincinnati, it's not a good loss. It's a bad loss. Um, it's a loss where we thought you turned the corner as a football team. And, again, not knocking the Texans here, but Cincinnati has Super Bowl aspirations. Houston just didn't want to be the doormat. Okay? All right. Cleveland and Baltimore. I told you Cleveland was a live dog in this game. I told you Cleveland was going to have an opportunity to win this game. And even though it was 24-9 at one point, I still wasn't down because I said that defense can stop them from scoring and they could still win this game, only giving up one more touchdown. I truly believe that. And it did happen and play out that way. Browns win it in Baltimore 33-31. And it's a comeback win for the Browns, to be fair, because they started off the game really, really poor. Watson throws a pick six. Um... Mitchell throws, uh, runs in a score, so it's 14 nothing Baltimore. Browns finally get on the board with a Hopkins field goal. Tucker makes a field goal. Hopkins make a field goal. Tucker gets a field goal block. Hopkins makes another field goal. So they're within eight. After starting the game, 14 nothing, 17-9, you're feeling okay. Lamar gets picked off, and the Browns try to get into field goal range. Watson goes to the locker room because Walker has a better arm. than I don't know. P.J. Walker throws a Hail Mary. It doesn't work out. Uh, it gets picked to end the half. So we go to the second half. Lamar hits Beckham for a big touchdown. So it's 24-9 Baltimore. Here come the Browns. Hunt, touchdown, two-point play, good. So they're within seven. And here's where some of the calls start to bother me because the Browns are off the field and a muff punt keeps them on the field. So that's bad. But then on a third down, um, 
they're off the field. It comes back on a flag. It happens a second time. It leads to a Gus Edwards touchdown. So Ravens up two scores now, 31-17. Watson finds Elijah Moore for a touchdown, 31-24. And then the ensuing Raven possession, Lamar throws a pick six. And you're thinking, oh, my God, the Browns are going to get this game tied. No, he misses the extra point. Hopkins misses the extra point. But the Browns get it back. Watson scrambles for a big first down to set up Hopkins to win it. And he does. What a finish for the Cleveland Browns. Give them a ton of credit. I'm telling you, the Ravens are a good team. They're not as good as everybody thinks they are. Um, and you lose at home to a division team that the Browns are really, really good defensively. They got 900 injuries on offense. Okay? So give that Brown team a bunch of credit. And when everybody's talking about Ravens, Ravens, okay, let's let's – Put a pin in that, okay? Just put a pin in that. All right. Um, big one for the browser. Tennessee and Tampa up next. Tampa wins it 20 to 6. Titans opened up the game with a folk field goal that made it 3 to nothing. Bake gets picked off. Nothing comes from it. Titans get it back again. Folk misses a field goal. Then Bake dumps it off to White on a screen pass. He takes it the distance. Hell of a play by White coming out of the backfield there. So the Bucks on the board and in front, 7-3. Half end, same score. Bucks open up the third quarter with McLaughlin field goal, so they go up a touchdown. Bucks get it back. Bake Evans touchdown. They connect again, 17-3. Titans then settle for a folk field goal to make it 17-6. Bucks answer with the McLaughlin field goal to make it 20-6. Levis gets picked off, and then the final two drives for the Titans, fourth and 17 at the Bucks 46. They turn it over on downs, and then they had it at their own 34, fourth and 10, and turn it over on downs. So that's how Tampa got a win at home against the Tennessee Titans. San Francisco, Jacksonville, both teams coming off the bye. San Francisco needing a win. Jacksonville maybe not so much, but you would expect them to play better at home at a big spot because they got absolutely trounced. Niners win it 34-3. Purdy to Kittle sets up a Purdy to IU touchdown, and the Niners on the board early. They added a Moody field goal to make it 10-0. Lawrence fumbles, the Niners get nothing out of it. Jags get it back. McManus field goal gets them on the board. And then a Moody field goal, end of the half, 13-3, San Francisco in front. Second play of the third quarter, Purdy to Kittle, kind of on a little kind of wheel route from the tight end, but not necessarily, just kind of a go-ish up the sideline. Breaks away from contain and goes the distance, 20-3 on that score. Lawrence picked off. The Jags get it back. Lawrence fumbles again. Niners go down the field. Debo end around touchdown as he was back. Trent Williams is back. The Niners getting a little bit healthy here in the middle of November. So it's 27-3 there. Lawrence picked off. Purdy to use check touchdown, 34-3. And then the Niners tried to get McCaffrey a touchdown every which way they could late in the game there to keep his touchdown streak going. Uh, they end up turning it over on downs, and that's how it ended. 34-3, impressive win from the San Francisco 49ers after they had been um, not playing the best football, that's for sure. And they needed a win, and they got a win against a, uh, certainly a quality opponent, in my opinion. In Jacksonville, you want to you want to be better than this in in uh, measuring stick games. Sit, kind of equate it where Houston has stepped up in a couple of measuring stick games. Jacksonville maybe not. Dallas kind of hasn't either. To be fair, uh, even though they played Philly tough, they didn't win the game. So I'm being a little harsh there, but I'm making points about teams that are kind of comparable in that sense of the stepping up in class to the next tier in your conference or at a conference in this case for Jacksonville. 
measuring stick game, and they failed. They failed. They did not play well. They did not play well. And you saw the clip of Fred Warner being like, they don't know what they're doing, and a Chag player's like, yeah, we don't. <laughs> You're right. Like, what, dude? You can't say that. Even if, even if like, you want to say that, there are so many people that are mic'd up now. Every The Skycam has a mic. Like, you got to be – you can't be saying anything because these people will edit it on you, like, so quick. They really will. They really will. These people will edit it on you so quick. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Um, all right. Next up, Detroit and the Chargers in L.A. Lions win at 41-38. What a game this was. See, this was a good game. It was wild, but it was a good game. Lions open the scoring with a Patterson field goal. Chargers tie it with a Dicker field goal, so a 3-3 early. Then Gibbs a touchdown for the Lions. Herbert gets picked off. Lions go fourth and one at the Charger one. They incomplete pass from Goff. Turn it over on downs. Gibbs a touchdown run again. Uh, make it 17-3. Here come the Chargers. Herbert to Allen a touchdown. 17-10. Montgomery runs a 75-yard touchdown. Detroit 24-10. They re- looked at it, reviewed it. Eckler then gets on the board for the Chargers, so it's a seven-point game again. And then Chargers get it back. Herbert to Guyton ties it up at 24 up. Goff to St. Brown touchdown, made it 31-24. Then a fourth and goal. Herbert to Quinn and Johnston, his first touchdown as a pro. Tie the game. Still not done. Goff to Scooby. Uh, it's a right, a touchdown. I almost said Scooby right, the linebacker. No. Uh, right, the, the uh, receiver, 38-31. Then on a fourth down. Herbert Allen touchdown ties the game 38 up and then Patterson's field goal won it for the Lions 41 38 hell of a game big win for the Lions I I feel like the Chargers have nine I don't know how many how many would you say nine 85 one score losses in the last 10 years I mean it's unbelievable how many one score losses the Chargers have um it's tough it's tough Atlanta, Arizona. Kyler Murray back for Arizona. They win it 25-23. Cardinals got on the board first with a Prater field goal. Falcons jumped in front with a Heineke to Miller touchdown pass. Cardinals then stalled for a second Prater field goal, so they're within one. Falcons right down the field. It's a Bijan Robinson touchdown, which a lot of, shocked a lot of people, I'm sure. So Cardinals uh, trail then 14-6 to the Falcons lead. Cardinals then into the end zone with a Murray touchdown. Two-point play, no good, so it's 14-12. Cardinals then take the lead early third quarter with a Prater field goal, his third, so it's 15-14. Murray gets picked off. Falcons set up, but they only manage a Youngway Koo field goal. That puts them in front, 17-15. Big punt return sets the Cardinals up. It's a Toon quarterback sneak, not a Kyler Murray quarterback sneak. That puts them back in the lead, 22-17 Cardinals lead. Falcons... Heineke gets hurt. Ritter comes in. Fourth and one at the Arizona 40, uh, 21. They turn it over on downs. Falcons get it back. DPI sets up a Ritter touchdown. Two-point play, no good. So they're only up one Atlanta, 23-22. Then Murray to McBride sets up a Prater field goal to win it. He makes it. Cardinals, 25-23. Kyler Murray's first game back. Washington, Seattle. This one turned out to be a good game as well. Seahawks win it 29-26. Commanders had a good kickoff return, set up a Howell to Robinson touchdown, um, but the extra point was missed, so it's 6-0. Seahawks get on the board with the Myers field goal. Commanders then settle um, for a Sly field goal, so it's 9-3. Seahawks get a second and third Myers field goal, made it 9-6 and 9-9. Half ends, same score, 9-up. Commanders then took the lead again on a Sly field goal, 12-6. Gino to Walker, long touchdown, put the Seahawks in front. 
for the first time, 16-12. Howell then fumbled. Seahawks added another Myers field goal, so they're up 7-19-12. Commanders get it tied. Howell the Gibson touchdown up, uh, not at 19. Gina to lock it, 26-19. Howell the Brown with the clock winding down. Uh, you could have thrown it to Terry McLaurin. I would have had a better chance of fantasy, and I also had a little four-legger touchdown. Need McLaurin in the 4 o'clock window. Didn't get it. Um, anyway, Howell the Brown, great throw, and a touchdown there on the catch and run. Tied it at 26, and then the Seahawks got it back. You think they're going overtime. Well, you thought maybe Ron Rivera would have went for two. He didn't. He went for the extra point. Um, you go for it on the road. You kick it at home, I thought. So, hey, what do I know? I'm not analytical, Ron. Gino to Metcalf, big play, but Metcalf was fighting for yards. It got close there. I understand, you know, they got everybody set up to the line with about six seconds left, and Gino kind of, or maybe maybe seven or eight, give them more credit than that. Uh, and then the, he's like, okay, I'm going to clock it at three or whatever, and they got it clocked. But if he keeps going, like, those few seconds where they got to spot it, you know, they got to get everybody set again, you don't, he didn't, Gino wouldn't have had those couple seconds to just make sure everything's all right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it was a great play by Metcalf, but, dude, you got to go down or get out of bounds. I mean, everybody knows that. Like, to keep fighting for yards there, like, what are you doing? Like, I understand you want to make it an easier field goal, sure, but, like, if you keep fighting for yards, we're not going to get the ball clocked to have a field goal, bro. So, like, what are you doing? Uh, Myers wins it 29-26 for the Seattle Seahawks, who win at home. Giants-Cowboys. Cowboys own the Giants right now. Uh, 49-17. Dallas wins it at home. I think that's at least six or seven in a row. It's 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 a crazy number. Um, but the Cowboys have done really well against the Giants recently. And I'm not really hearing it from a lot of Giants fans, which is nice. But I don't you know, I don't really run my mouth as much as I used to when I was in high school and college, to be fair. Like I, I kinda learned my lesson that my team is never gonna win when I'm watching them, so I really don't try to get excited or, or run my mouth. Yeah, that's another story for another day. Anyway, Cowboys win at 49-17. Cowboys opening drive, drove it down the field, goal to goal. They turned over on downs. Cowboys get it back. Lamb touchdown run, made it 7-0. And then Dak got picked off to end the first quarter. He tried to force one to Ferguson. It wasn't there. Giants get set up. Fourth and two at the Dallas four. I mean, you could take the three and, and be in the game to go for it and you get stuffed was bad, and that's what happened. Barkley gets stuffed. Cowboys, eight plays, 96 yards. Dak to Ferguson, touchdown, made it 14-0. Cowboys then get it back. It's Dak to Cooks, 21-0. Cowboys on the move again. Dak, touchdown run, 28-0. Giants finally into the end zone as the DeVito to Cager, touchdown. Cowboys answer right away. Dak to Gallup, then DeVito gets picked. Dak to CD, 42-7. Rush gets into the game. He gets picked off. Sets up a Bullock field goal, and then the Cowboys score on a Dowdle touchdown run to make it 49-10. And then Dable was like, all right, you're going to keep playing? I'll keep playing. Like, yeah, dude, we're going to keep playing. We're not going to just kneel the ball out for a whole quarter. Like, we're going to keep playing the game. So then he started calling timeouts and doing his whole thing. They get a DeVito to Shepard touchdown, made it 49-17. So there you go. DeVito threw two touchdown passes, so give him credit. Um, that was a butt kicking and that's two of them this year for the Dallas Cowboys over the Giants. There you go. All right. Sunday night Jets Raiders in Vegas Raiders win it 16 to 12. 
A Wilson to Wilson connection set up a Greg the Leg field goal. Raiders answer with a Carlson field goal to make it 3-3. Jets went ahead on another Greg the Leg field goal, so it's 6-3. O'Connell then gets picked off. Jets set up. It's a Wilson scramble for a touchdown. It gets overturned because he stepped out. Then Hall scores. It comes back on a hold. It all leads to a third Greg the Leg field goal, so it's 9-3. Raiders get into field goal range. Carlson ends the half. 9-6 Jets. Third quarter, Raiders set up in the Jets' end. Side of the game with another Carlson field goal, so it's 3-3. The kicker's responsible for all the uh, points thus far. Jacobs' big run sets up at O'Connell to Meyer. Touchdown, Vegas in front, 69. A big Brees Hall run sets up a fourth Greg the Leg field goal. Cuts the lead to four. Raiders were going in. Jets needed a play. Jacobs fumbles. Jets going in. Wilson picked off. Jets get it back one timeout. 53 seconds left, and Wilson at Conklin sets up a Hail Mary opportunity where Wilson chucks it, and unfortunately, it looks like Conklin almost knocks it away from Garrett Wilson, who had an opportunity to bring it in and maybe win the game. Conklin tries to one-handed and pull it in, and unfortunately, the ball falls to the ground. So Jets find a way to lose. I'll tell you how they, they kick four field goals on the road. That's not how you win a football game. That's just not how you win a football game. Even if your defense is playing well, it's still not how you win a football game. So Raiders win it on Sunday night in a AFC West, AFC East matchup. We had another one on Monday night, Denver in Buffalo. And the AFC West wins this one as well. Broncos 24, Bills 22. Uh, early on in the game, Allen Cooks, he fumbles. Broncos set up. They only get a Lutz field goal out of it, so they're up 3-0. Bills then on the move. Allen gets picked off. Later in the half, Broncos have some good field position. They drive it fourth and two at the Buffalo 7. Wilson to Sutton, orish, originally ruled incomplete. Replay turns it over. It's a touchdown. Extra point hits the upright. Remember that. Denver 9-0. Cook, good play. Um, after he comes back in, after sitting some drives, after the fumble, Allen to Diggs sets up Allen to Kincaid touchdown. They go for two after a offside on the defense, if I'm not mistaken. So it's 9-8. Russ to Sutton gets drive started. They're into field goal range. Lutz field goal makes it 12-8. Denver, Allen gets picked off again. Broncos set up another time here. Only get a third Lutz field goal out of it, so it's 15-8. Then fourth and two, Allen incomplete turnover on downs. Russ to Sutton, he fumbles. Bills recover. Allen to Shakir, big play, sets up a Murray touchdown. We're even at 15. Allen and Cooks mishandle a handoff. Broncos recover. Nothing comes from it. Then Broncos get it 12 plays, seven minutes off the clock. Drive ends in a Williams touchdown. Snap doesn't get down on the extra point. So it's a 21-15 Bronco lead instead of 22-15. Cook fumbles. He picks it back up for a big gain. It leads to an Allen touchdown run along the outside. Extra point good. Buffalo in front, 22-21. So 155 left, two timeouts for the Broncos. They get it back at their own 25 after a touchback on the kickoff. Rusta P. Ryan gets across the 40. Rusta P. Ryan again into the Bills' end. And then he chucks it up to Jerry Judy, underthrown ball, gets the DPI, which Russ has done a bunch. And if you don't remember this, you don't know ball. I'm just telling you that right now. Um because he's done this a lot. The underthrown ball for the DPI in a big spot. So it, they do the fire drill. 
to get on uh, fourth down here to set the field goal unit up like they did at the end of the half. And he misses it. But the Bills had too many guys on the field. So they get it five yards closer. Lutz makes the second one. Ball game. Broncos win it 24-22 on a Monday night. And that is the fifth loss this season for the Buffalo Bills. Not a good season so far in Buffalo. From the pros to the student-athletes, college football week 11 recap. We start with Michigan-Penn State, but before the game, Harbaugh gets suspended from the sideline on Friday evening. I mean, what a cowardly way out by the Big Ten. And I'm not just saying this because I do like Harbaugh and I do like kind of fancy Michigan more than I like Ohio State. That's for sure. Everybody knows that. But to suspend him Friday after all the courts would be closed for them to get a ruling on a restraining order... Like, that's scrounging. To wait for them to get on the plane to do the ruling, that's scrounging. Like, I did, that rubbed me the wrong way from the Big Ten, to be honest. Um, so they file for the temporary restraining order. The hearing is this Friday. Um, so suspended for the last three games from coaching on the sideline. Um, you can do everything else. Practice, recruit, game plan. Just can't coach on the sidelines, which... I mean, how many games did he end up going to coach this year? Like four? Not even? Th like three? Suspended for the first four, if I'm not mistaken, right? At least first three. And now he's suspended for the last three. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on in Ann Arbor? Anyway, um, so no no hardball. Michigan versus everybody. I mean, they are just ramping it all up. And I understand people being like, oh, the adversity, you created it. Like, not necessarily. Like, if everybody is stealing signals and it just happened that it's Michigan getting caught, like, is it them bringing it on themselves? Like, maybe not. I don't know. So I, I get where people are coming from. And you you just like Michigan and, and Harbaugh. You just admitted it. That's why you're defending them. Like, yes and no. Like, it is illegal to send people to scout other games. Like, I understand that. That's breaking the rules. Fine. And that's the breaking the rules part. But, like, if he didn't know, and if it wasn't, like, so Harbaugh shouldn't get suspended. They already fired the kid, Connor Stallions. They already fired him. What do you want him to do? It's not like they kept him on the sideline the whole time while they were doing this. It's obviously not what happened. And, again, I've said this a bunch, but I'm not trying to do the whole victim-blaming thing, but if you're a Division One team with playoff aspirations and you don't change your signals from week one to the final week of the regular season, if not the playoff and, and, and postseason post games – that's on you. I'm sorry. Like, that's on you. And also, again, what Deion Sanders said, I could FedEx you, or you could FedEx me the game plan. We still got to stop it. Like, 100%. So, I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of rubbing me the wrong way. Ohio State to do this is a joke. <laughs> like, they... You ever want people digging around what Ohio State's done? Like, come on. What are we talking about here? Anyway, on the field, Michigan butt-kicking. I understand this game is 24-15 at the end. It was not that close. Michigan wins it. Uh, defense hold Penn State to a field goal. Then they went down the field to quorum touchdown. Then Franklin didn't go for it on fourth and one. Michigan down the field. It's an Edwards touchdown run on the third and 11. Fourth and six, Franklin goes for it. And then fourth and one at the Michigan 14. They do a trick play. Keeps the drive alive. Then a quarterback draw from Allar. Two-point play, no good. He shouldn't have went for two. Just kicked the extra point. So it's 14-9 Michigan at half. 
Alaire fumbles. McCarthy converts a fourth and one. Then they settle for a field goal, 17-0. Fourth and two, Franklin punts again. Teams trade punts. Then fourth and six, 424 left at his own 30. Two timeouts. That's when he goes for it. It's incomplete. Turnover on downs. Next play, Corum touchdown, 24-9. Then Alaire threw a pick, but it comes back on a review. Alaire to Johnson, touchdown, two-point play, no good. So it's Michigan 24-15. They recover the onside kick, and a Corum run seals it. So Franklin just inconsistent when he wants to go for it. Um, when he went for it in the fourth quarter, that was absolutely not the right time to do it. Uh, the game's 17-9, okay, and you're at your own 30. You don't convert this. The game is definitely over. I understand they came back and they had a t chance to get an onside kick. That's not coming back to me. So 17-9, you punt the football, fourth and six at your own 30. Your defense has been hanging in there, and honestly, Michigan literally ran the football from the middle of the second quarter onwards. They ran one pass play. It was a penalty. They got, like, it doesn't count because of the penalty. All right? So Penn State and James Franklin got absolutely bully-balled for, what do you want to call it, 35 minutes, 38 minutes, and even before that, they were getting bullied a little bit. So I don't want to hear about Penn State anymore until they beat Michigan or Ohio State. I don't want to hear about it because people – Penn State, Penn State, playoff aspirations. Penn State, until they beat one of these teams, I'm done. I'm done. Because James Franklin is a fraud. And you'd be like, hey, they've won so many games. He doesn't beat the big teams. Well, they went to the big... I don't care. When Michigan and Ohio State have been at this level, now Michigan has taken some time, for sure. Harbaugh, it's, it's been patience for Harbaugh, especially beating Ohio State, right? And I talked about it with Michigan forever. Until Michigan beat Ohio State, I was never going to be like, well, here we go, Michigan. They need to beat Ohio State. They've done it two years in a row now. So I've said they have jumped a level for me, all right? Penn State, I'm done with. I don't want to hear about Penn State anymore. They got Michigan didn't throw the football the entire second half. Think about that statement. The year is 2023, folks, not 1934. Okay? Think about that. The rules are set up for you to pass. The receivers have never been more athletic. The game planning and the play design has never been more innovative. And Michigan ran the ball for 38 minutes. Okay? So I don't want to hear about Penn State anymore. I'm done. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I thought, hey, maybe they could give Ohio State and Michigan some games this year. Maybe they could split one and make it crazy in the big – no. No, they stink. And you could be like, they only lost two games. They only lost three games. If they lose a ball game or whatever, I don't care. If you want to be talked about in the same conversation as the big programs in your conference – and you don't beat those big programs, you're not a big program. I'm sorry. You're not. You're not. So, there you go. Michigan wins it 24-15. It wasn't that close. Even when it was 17-9, it wasn't that close. Even when it was 14-9, it wasn't that close. Okay? All right. Uh, Ole Miss and Georgia. Georgia pounds Ole Miss. 52-17. It was 28-14 at the half. And then Georgia had a 24-3 second half. I, I'm not. It is impressive from Georgia. Bowers came back. I don't know how the hell he's playing. That's huge for them. 
especially like that offense. That is such a big piece of that offense, Bowers. He's an elite, elite tight end. Like talking about top one percentish of tight ends coming out of college. He's that talented. So to bring him back into the fold here for Georgia when they eat him down the stretch of the season when it's kind of getting a little stale and they got the big games coming up with here Ole Miss and now Tennessee and then gearing up for the SEC title game, they need Bowers back. They got him back. Got him back in a big way. Okay? So I was very impressed with Georgia. I don't think I've been knocking Georgia necessarily, but my point has been, okay, like who they've played, it hasn't been great. Their opponents, their strength, of the opponents, but that's kind of who the, it's on their schedule. It's not their fault. The SEC East is is down. That's not Georgia's fault. That's almost a compliment, if you will. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to hold it against them. But now these couple games here, I need them to be impressive. That was impressive. That was impressive. Uh, Utah and Washington. Washington wins at 35-28. This was an insane game. Seven touchdowns and a field goal in the first half. Utah led 28-24 at the break. Then Washington made it a one-point game with a field goal. Penix threw a touchdown to Aduzzi. Um, that gave Washington the lead. Then Washington is about to have a pick six. The kid drops it before getting in the end zone. And the next plays a safety to make it a seven-point game anyway. Um, then Washington driving for an insurance field goal. It gets blocked, so it keeps Utah alive. But the kid gets picked to seal it. Um, that was impressive from Utah. Give them a lot of credit. I didn't think they would ever want to get in that kind of scoring fest with Washington. I thought this game was going to be very, very low scoring. I was absolutely wrong. I thought it was going to be more like the second half than the first half. I never thought the first half could ever happen. 20, 24 to half. Like, I was like, what the hell? I I didn't even think that could be a final in this game, 28-24. Okay? Um, so to have it be the score at half, I was very, very shocked, to be honest. And here's Washington. You know, they passed the Oregon test. They passed the USC test. They passed the Utah test. They only have a few more before they see Oregon again. So Washington has a five next to their name. How long are they going to have a five next to their name? I think that's very interesting. The only thing is the teams in front of them don't lose. Georgia didn't lose. Uh, Michigan didn't lose. Ohio didn't lose. We'll get to them in a second. And Florida State, number four. Did not lose to Miami, even though the Miami quarterback, Williams, had a great game. He got knocked out of the game, unfortunately. Florida State wins at 27-20. It was a game. I don't think Florida State thought they were going to be in a game. So give Miami a bunch of credit for that, but give Florida State credit for coming out with a win. Um, not the best performance from Travis. Made some big plays when they had to. I was very impressed with the defense going up against Miami. Um, who have some playmakers. So give Florida State uh, some credit for a win at home, 27-20. Again, not impressive, but for them, do they have to be impressive if they're an unbeaten conference champion? You know, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe they look back at a game like this against Miami and say, hey, you should have blown them out. You know, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to tell uh, what happens here with the playoff going forward. USC, Oregon. Oregon wins at 36-27. Not overly impressive from Oregon, but they did enough. At home, Knicks was outstanding. Uh, defensively, it was a... Sh I don't want to say it was a struggle, but it was kind of score for score early. And then the Oregon defense settled in. Only giving up 27 to USC is very impressive. You thought they would have scored more, 
But I think at some point they said, okay, the only way we lose is if we keep giving it back to the USC offense, even if we score, like they, if they score, they're back in the game kind of thing. So let's just not give it back to them. I, I kind of felt like it was that, like, all right, just don't give them back to the ball. You know, just don't give them back. Don't give them back. Uh, so Oregon wins that one. Michigan State, Ohio State. Ohio State's big first half, more than enough, and a 38-3 win at the Horseshoe. Texas, TCU. T uh, Texas wins a 29-26. Texas was in, it was in control. A 20-point TCU quarter made it very interestingly. Texas becomes lucky here to survive again. That's back-to-back -back weeks that I don't want to say they were in cruise control, but they should have won these games going away. They did not, so keep that in mind. Now, I understand they beat Bama straight up, but Bama has looked kind of impressive the last few weeks where Texas has not looked impressive. So Bama beats Kentucky 49-21, and a half. Milrow looked very good. He's settled in for sure since that struggle at the beginning of the season. Number 13, number 14, Tennessee and Mizzou. This is a game in next year that's going to be very, very big. This type of 13-14 game where, guess what, guys? 12 teams make the playoffs. So this is like a playoff eliminator next year. You know what I mean? So um, Mizzou... Schrader in the Mizzou defense. Way too much for the Tennessee Volunteers. Mizzou Tigers win at 36-7 at home. Louisville beat UVA. I think that was Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. Louisville needed a big fourth quarter. They win at 31-24. Oregon State hammers Stanford 62-17. Oklahoma State gets killed by UCF at the bounce house. 45-3. Big win there for UCF in their first year as the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech, Kansas Tech wins at 16-13. West Va, Oklahoma. Oklahoma wins at 59-20. Gabriel counted for eight touchdowns in the Boomer Sooner victory. LSU beats Florida 52-35. Daniels, an unreal game, five total touchdowns. And he is getting Heisman hype, even though the LSU Tigers are nowhere near the playoff, which I feel like he would have to have bigger stats and more moments than somebody on a really good undefeated team that's having a really good year because it just seems like it's been the best player on the best team, not the best player in college football award anymore. It just seems like that. Like, yeah, there are years where uh, a quarterback with three losses or a wide receiver that's gone off and his team has two or three Like, they've won it, sure. But it just kind of seems now the way the voting is going, the way – they put so much of a price point on these guys winning conference championships, getting to the playoff, winning playoff games. Like It just seems like it's going to be that type of player, not a Jaden Daniels. No offense to Daniels. Arizona knocks off Colorado 34-31 in the mountains. Good one for Arizona. They were trailing in that one. Come back in the fourth quarter on the road. Iowa shut out Rutgers 22-0. I said Rutgers will win the game. I was wrong. What do you want me to say? I got excited about Rutgers football. What do you want me to do? Okay, I got excited about Rutgers football. I don't think that should be a crime. All right? Uh, <laughs> that was not a good game. Wimsat, the quarterback, is not good enough. Um, and it's a shame because the Rutgers defense is really good. You're like, they give up 22 to Iowa. Look at the stats and how the points came. Tulsa and Tulane. Tulane wins a two-point game, 24-22. UNC beats Duke, 47-45. And Kansas State beat up on Baylor 59-25. Some of the news outside of Ann Arbor about coaches. Jimbo Fisher out at A&M for $77 million in the buyout. I think he knew the writing was on the wall. The funny thing about this is at halftime of the A&M Mississippi State game, 
the A&M family donor, whatever, presented a check for $162 million to the Texas A&M Athletic. Are we... So they just paid for the buyout right there on the field, the 50-yard line, and now that's the money for the next coach, too? Like, we're just flaunting? We're just, we're just going to hold the checks out and be like, hey, this is the check that's going to... Half of this is going to Jimbo to buy him out. So just so everybody knows in the building, we raised the money to fire Jimbo at 77. Everybody was worried about the $77 million buyout. Guess what? The donors came through. Here's a check for $162 million. I mean, that's insane. That's so much money. That's just so It's so much money, guys. Oh, my God. It's tough to think about how much money it is, to be honest. It really is. Like, I'm not even trying to be, like, a jerk or anything. It's just a lot of money. And it's just to coach college football. And to coach it not well, to be fair. <laughs> to not be good at it and coach it. Like, imagine. <laughs> so, all right. Um, that was our college football segment. Let's go to a weekend soccer recap. That's one we'll have for another while with the international break coming up. EPL, Tottenham were previously unbeaten coming into last week. They lost, and then they lost again. They actually went up 1-0 at the Monliu against Wolves. It was a Brennan Johnson goal. Pedro Porro, after a nice um, back heel from Kulisevsky, good square ball from Pedro Porro, and Johnson beats everybody there to knock it in. Then it was stoppage time drama for the home team. Sarabia off the bench and pass Vicario to make it 1-1. And then Lamina, the winner, 2-1. Nearly the last kick of the match. Wolves win it at home. What scenes there. And Tottenham, what I talked about, it's not sustainable. They're a good team with a good coach. They are not what they're doing is not sustainable. They only have eleven or so players. And now with Mickey Vandevin um getting hurt in this game, James Madison getting hurt in this game, and Romero already being suspended, they're in trouble. They are in trouble, Tottenham. So the international break came for at a great time for them to be fair. Vandevin can take some games off and, and heal up. So can James Madison, hopefully, and they can get those guys back. Romero is still suspended, unfortunately, but um, that's what happens when you get a straight red. You get three games. But um, so it's not all bad for Tottenham. But I think a lot of their fans got really, really carried away with themselves when they shouldn't have. Like, yeah, like dream about the league and all that. It's early. And again, even though they're only playing really one game a week, but the competitions they're in, you know, especially getting knocked out of Carabao Cup early. They don't have enough reinforcements. So it's almost it's almost a really good thing they're not in Europe this year because it would be really, really trouble. Um, but they're not. And it's kind of a good thing, but it really hurt them here. All right. Man, you Luton United win another one goal game. I don't want to say they left it late this time, but. Corner comes in, Netmouse scramble, rolls out to Lindelof. He scores it. Good finish from Lindelof, to be fair. But uh, United, you can't be impressed. I understand it's three points, but you left it. Like, Luton could have equalized easily in this match a couple times. And they were very fortunate, Manchester United, to not get the point split. Um, but they win the game. I think five of their seven wins are against bottom six teams if I'm not mistaken 
So it's not like they're world beaters out here, but you got to play who's on your schedule for sure. Uh, but I think it's going to catch up with United soon. One nil winner. Uh, Crystal Palace, Everton. Everton win a 3-2. Mikolenko, the opener for Everton. Then as they won a penalty, he scored a penalty, make it 1-1. Mikolenko almost had a second. Goes off the post to Corey there for the rebound and make it 2-1. Edard made it 2-2. Edward, sorry. And then Isaiah Ghanagay, the winner for Everton, 3-2. And that's, I think, 4-5 for Everton. All competitions, if I'm not mistaken. Sean Dyche has his team playing. And I said, Calvert-Lewin has to get fit. They need Calvert-Lewin. And he's come back into the team. The goals have come back into the team. And he's playing the 4-4-1-1. I think he could get a little more attacking and play 4-3-3. Or 4-1-3-2. Whatever, you know what I mean? The the point is, I think the three teams that came up are going to go down. And I hopefully Everton aren't going to have to worry about relegation going to the second to third and last and final match day like they've previously had to do. Um, so give Sean Dyche a lot of credit. But I told you they need Calvert-Lewin back. They got him back. That's changed a lot for them. So big win for Everton. Arsenal-Burnley. Arsenal went at 3-1. Trossard got on the uh, Arsenal got on the board first. I thought he separated his shoulder at the back post to keep him in the game. was outstanding uh, effort by him and, and, and uh, his mentality, his toughness. Brownhill got Burnley level. And then a Trossard cross was a Saliba header where it, it honestly looked like, I don't want to say he was on like a stepladder, but he, he just calmly rose above everybody else and just nodded at home. And I was like, oh, wow, Saliba. That was amazing. Um, so I made it 2-1. And then Trossard, another corner. Zinchenko, athletic, brilliant finish with the left foot. Uh, second phase of that set piece. And then Vieira got a red. So Arsenal hang on with 10 men to win it 3-1. Bournemouth, Newcastle. What a result for Bournemouth. Newcastle have a million injuries. I understand that, but they're still a good side. That's for sure. And I don't want to hear any crying about Saudi teams not having enough funds or not having enough players. I don't care about that. You get lost, okay? Um, but Bournemouth, ball falls for Solanke. He makes it 1-0. Then a net mouse scramble. He's first to act. Makes it 2-0. So a Solanke brace. Good enough for Bournemouth to get the three points at the Vitality. Gigantic result for Bournemouth. Bad loss for Newcastle. Sunday matches. Liverpool-Brentford at Anfield. Liverpool win at 3-0. A solid brace. And a Jota goal. The goals there for the Reds. Brentford. Um, I understand Thomas Frank looking for a red card on Endo. We can't keep slowing down every single 50-50 where guys are going in to win the ball and just because there's cleats or the boots are like, come on, we can't keep doing this. So I understand if people are like, that's a red card. It's never a foul, let alone a red, okay? So 3-0 Liverpool there. West Ham Forest. West Ham went to 3-2. Paqueta opened up the scoring. Brilliant finish. Then Awoni off a rebound. Alanga made it 2-1 Forest. Jared Bowen. Levels it, and then Suchek on a set piece wins it for West Ham, 3-2. Brighton, Sheffield United finish 1-1. Dingra, great goal. Um, I think it was a 1-2 with him and Lallana, and Dingra got it in past the Sheffield keeper. Then Dahoud got sent off straight red, and an own goal equalizer made it a very, very interesting last 20 or so minutes, uh, but the points get split 1-1. Villa beat Fulham 3-1. Fulham conceded an own goal. I believe it was Anthony Robinson. McGinn, brilliant goal. Um, for Villa's second, then Watkins got set up from Bailey. 
for the third. Raul gets a assi- uh, goal from uh, Robinson, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the assist, Anthony Robinson. So he gives up a goal, and he gets an assist at the other end. So it's Villa 3-1. Then the match of the weekend, Chelsea-Man City at the bridge. It finishes 4-4. Holland penalty made it 1-0. Thiago Silva equalizer on a header, 1-1. Then Reece James squares it for Sterling at the back post. He makes it 2-1 Chelsea. Then right before halftime and stoppage time, set piece for City. Akanji's header is an equalizer. So 2-2 going into the break. Then Holland scores sliding with his midsection. Then a rebound at the other end. Jackson puts it in past Ederson to make it 3-3. Then late on, I think it's 87th minute, Rodri's strike gets deflected past Sanchez. 4-3 City. Uh, Away fans going crazy. But then at the other end, it's a penalty. Palmer takes it for Chelsea, the former Man City youth. Couldn't break into the team. Got some moments. Couldn't break into the team. Went to Chelsea for a big contract. Stoppage time. Penn. Stoppage time. Equalizer. 4-4. What a match at Sanford Bridge. Pochettino screaming at Anthony Taylor after the match. That's there was no handshake between him and Pep, but I'm sure it would have been a good handshake if they had um, met up there post-match. So after 12 matches in the Prem, City are on top, 28 points. Liverpool and Arsenal with 27 points. Liverpool have one better goal difference, so that's why they're in second. Tottenham in fourth after their two losses. They have 26 points. Villa into fifth on 25. United up to six with 21. Newcastle 20. Brighton 19 and eighth. West Ham 17 uh, in ninth position. And Chelsea up to 10th. 16 points, 4 wins, 4 draws, 4 losses. Brentford on the same record, 4 wins, 4 draws, 4 losses. Uh, in 11th, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Everton, 12, 13, 14. Forest, 15. Fulham, 16. Bournemouth, 17. And then the three teams that came up from the championship, Luton in 18th, Sheffield in 19th, Burnley in 20th at this November international break. In the Prem. All right. Go to La Liga. Real Madrid beat Valencia 5-1. A big, a lot of guys missing for Real Madrid. Uh, Carvajal scores a goal. And then Vinny Abreu, Rodrigo Abreu. So the Brazilian uh, strikers getting involved there. Barca beat Alves 2-1. Lewandowski hadn't scored in a while. He gets two goals here. Second one's a pen. Sevilla and Real Batiste draw 1-1. Atletico beat Villarreal 3-1. Witzel and Griezmann, the goal scorers there. Syria, Lecce and AC Milan finish 2-2. Giroud scored. And got sent off in the game. Juventus beat Cagliari 2-1. Bremer and Ruggiani. Uh, Then Empoli beat Napoli away from home 1-0. And then Napoli fired their coach. Udinese, Atlanta drew 1-1. Roma Derby, Lazio, Roma 0-0. Scenes there with uh, Sorry Ball and Mourinho hugging it out. Inter and uh, Rosanoni 2-0. Inter win it. DeMarco and Kleingaloo. Over to Germany, Stuttgart and Dortmund. Stuttgart win it 2-1. Munich beat Heidenheim 4-2 with Kane Brace, Guerrero, uh, Guerrero a goal, and then Chupa Motang a goal. Leverkusen continue their winning ways. They beat Union Berlin 4-0. Rebel Leipzig beat Freiburg 3-1. Simmons a goal scorer there. Ligue 1, Montpellier and Nice 0-0. Stadrem and PSG and Mbappe Hattrick leads PSG past Stadrem 3-0. And the have the have. 
H-A-V-R-E. How would that be in French? Hevre? Hevre? I don't know. Uh, Monaco nil nil. So we got another international break after this weekend, and we will commence not this weekend, but the following weekend with uh, domestic soccer again. All right, college basketball, Arizona and Duke. Arizona, big win in Cameron. Give them credit. Uh, Philip Kowski was good. Duke just didn't shoot it as well as they should have, and they didn't play as good defense as they should have. Give Arizona credit. Arizona's a good team, Tommy Lloyd. Uh, Tennessee gets a road win in Wisconsin. We had the Gavit games going on on Monday night. Uh, at this point, Michigan and St. John's, I believe, is over. Uh, I'm holding my phone. This, I'm like, where'd my phone go? I'm literally holding it for scores. And Michigan won 89-73. So that is the ball game there. And they got Purdue and Xavier coming up in the Gavit games. And then you got the Chase Classic this week, Tuesday. Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, and Kentucky, and then some more good games. Marquette, Illinois this week, and also Iowa Creighton this week. All right, wrap it up with the picks portion recap here. Star Pulak's not a good week. One and two, 24 and six. Cincinnati versus Houston was a loser. Dallas killed the Giants, so that was a lone win. And then the Bills lose on a Monday night to the Denver Broncos, and they took the lead. And you thought, okay, maybe, and then nope, 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 nope. So Bills lose. Bengals lose two losses versus Ryan Pulak, 24-6 on the season. But the good news is pick six, five in one week, 30-20-2 on the year now. Carolina-Chicago under 39. Cincinnati minus six was a loser, unfortunately. Cleveland plus seven, one outright. Chargers plus four covered. Jets-Raiders under 37. Broncos-Bills under 48. Five wins, one loss. Three weeks in a row, the three unders of the primetime games have hit. So we will continue that because that's where we are getting some wins, folks. All right. So five and one on the week brings us up to 30, 28 and two. Um, again, the 400th show here. So thanks for anybody that's been along the ride. Anybody listen, anybody comments in and following. I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you uh, for tuning into the show. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so we will have a Week 11 NFL preview for Thursday show, a College Football Week 12 preview for Thursday show. No footy. Well, maybe international we'll look at, but some more college basketball, I'm sure. So everybody enjoy your week. I'll talk to you Thursday. Until then, peace. Football, football, and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.